0: Welcome to the HSCT Warriors podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry-Koenig for Jen, moderator of meaningful conversations and convener of community. As we continue to grow the HSCT Warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences and advocate for an inclusive society. I'm so glad you've joined us. Thanks so much for being a part of the podcast, Ovi. Thanks for having me. It is so great to connect with you. I can't wait to hear more about your story. We met briefly to help plan an upcoming webinar for HSCT Warriors focused on fundraising because you are an HSCT hopeful trying to raise support to get and find your way to Mexico, right?
1: Yes. Well, um, I was diagnosed with MS in 2019, but I was already um, disabled by then. So um, I was actually misdiagnosed with fibromyalgia,
0: oh, which wow. I did
1: have, but I, I had MS at that time. So eventually um, I was finally diagnosed at 19 and then I took him into some type of stem cell research. And then I came across HSCT and the idea of having the chemotherapy done prior um, just made so much sense to me and made me um, want to pursue it further.
0: Sure. So, it took a long time for you to be diagnosed, it sounds like. How many years do you think you were experiencing symptoms?
1: A lot of years. Um, I think it really, really started to be heavy after I had my son, which was in, like, 20, 2008. Mm. But I, I had some symptoms that go as far back as when I was a child. So, um and yeah, that's the thing is so many, there's so many symptoms with MS. And some of them, th- that time I was like, oh, that's just me. That's just how I am. Right. But no, that wasn't MS. Symptom.
0: So what were some of those symptoms for anyone listening out there, maybe who has not been diagnosed yet?
1: Lots of headaches, like a lot of headaches. Very painful periods. Um, very, very painful periods. Um, my eyes, I started having eye problems since I was, like early teens, even like nine. I couldn't see properly, Um, very dry, itchy eyes. And then um, I couldn't, I wasn't a great runner. I was good at sports, but I couldn't run like long ones. So, um, and then eventually like I just started losing, I I just realized that there's some things I can't do physically. I, I can't work a standing job. It's just too much, like it hurts for me to stand. And it just it just slowly, very slowly progresses. I had pins and needles a lot, and my bones would pop and hurt a lot. And I'm like, oh, that's just me. And my friend was like, that was loud. And I'm like, well, that's just me because that's that's my body and that's how it's been. And i just, I just got used to it being like, oh, it's just a me thing. But no, yeah, it was not a me thing. It wasn't.
0: Isn't it interesting how we do that? Right, like something clearly is wrong and we just kind of shrug it off and set it aside
1: especially when you mentor to um, a doctor and they shrug it you know they don't take it serious so if they don't take it serious then there's this tendency for me not to take it serious because they make it seem like it's not that serious right so uh, it was uh, it's just thing, you know because I probably mentioned it before and I'm like oh it's nothing serious you know
0: well, it is. It's so fascinating because, yeah, I've had doctors tell me, "Well, that pain—that's all in your head." Like, we don't see anything on a test. We don't see anything showing up. The one doctor told me to just go see a psychotherapist because clearly I was making things up.
1: And it's so—and it's so insulting. It's, how can pain be in my head? If pain is in my head, I'm having a headache. I tell you, I'm, I'm having pain in my body. It's not in right. my head, right? Even though you can't see it because it's pain. <laughs> It, it does exist.
0: It does. It's real, and our experiences are real and worthy of being heard. I'm sorry you had those. Yeah, doctors treat you that way. So how did you I end up
1: have them till this day? <laughs> oh yeah,
0: that's such a struggle to find a really good doctor, isn't it?
1: It's very difficult, especially when you have an ordinary disease, because you challenge them. You're you pretty much prove them wrong. You are not fixable. They don't like that.
0: (laughs) Right. We're not textbook. (laughs) Nothing about autoimmune disease is straightforward.
1: Yeah, they don't like that.
0: And so you mentioned the birth of your son caused maybe a significant relapse for you.
1: Yeah, when I had my son, right after I started having back pain that never went away. And initially, I thought it was the um, epidural. Like I was just so sad that it was the epidural for a long time, and I kept saying, "It's the epidural. It gave me back pain. <laughs> it gave me back pain." But um, the pain just never went away. And so after a while, it was like, "Oh uh, well, your child is over ten years old. It can't be that epidural that's still hurting me now." You know. So that was um, that was the main trigger. Like I still have it till this day.
0: Mm, I'm so sorry. Ever. Yeah, ever since they
1: pulled my back, it's never been the same. And um, yeah, I just progressed. After a while, I couldn't walk much. And then I'm like, what's going on? Like, I started walking like a really old lady. And it was very embarrassing because <laughs> I look young and I'm actually young. So it was like, this, this is just not working. And um, eventually, I lost my home. I lost my job, actually, first. Then I lost my home. And then being homeless, just it just, it, it like, made it three times worse. It just said it. That's actually when my disability really started. And I couldn't walk. I just realized, like, I was going to the grocery store, and I can't even do grocery shopping because the store is too big for me to get around. like, what's going on? So one day I was at the store, and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to need a cane. Because I just couldn't make it. So I bought a cane at the store. Thankfully, the store had a cane. And um, that was how I stayed using a cane.
0: How did that feel to be a young mother and and really not even have a diagnosis or to just be struggling so much?
1: It was scary. Um, my son suffered a lot. And um, my goal was to make him see that there's. Some light at the end of the tunnel. Even though we couldn't see any light, it was like total darkness. I still will try to give him hope, and mm. most times, sometimes I don't even want to say most times. Sometimes I succeeded, um, but it, it was it was hard. It was very hard. Mm. I will not I will not want that to happen to my worst enemy, like if that even existed. Like it was just it was horrible.
0: I bet. And so hard to experience when you are are even living with disease, right? To to lose a job, to lose your walking or capacity to walk, and and then also lose a yeah. home. It's just it's tragedy. I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, and I'm like when I was being this person, like very hardworking. I like to be self sufficient, take care of myself. So it was it was it, I wasn't denial for a very long time. It was it was so hard for me to accept that. I was losing my ability to do things. Sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe tomorrow will be a better day. And I'll make plans and it'll fall through or halfway through I just can't do it. And then relationships are getting, you know, this friction because people have this expectation of me. And I'm not that person anymore. I can't do those things anymore. So, yeah, I lost a lot of friends. A lot of people just couldn't understand me, and I couldn't even understand me. It took me a while to understand me. So, um, yeah, it it was it was the crazy. That was the craziest thing I ever experienced.
0: And so, how did you come to find your way, even to diagnosis?
1: Okay, so I lost my job in 2016. It was the end of 2016, December actually, two weeks before Christmas. (laughs) Oh my gosh! um, Yes, and then the following year, I think like after six months. Actually no, I think I made it seven months. And that was when we became homeless. And then um we were homeless for a very long time. We moved from shelters to shelters. Eventually we moved into our home last year. And um so while I was homeless, I did a lot of researching, networking, healing, a lot lots of therapy. So while I was in therapy, um doing occupational therapy as well learning how to advocate for myself and find things that work for me, like oh, understand yeah. myself and find what works for me. It's so amazing you had those resources. I, yeah. I mean, I had nobody. So I'm like, okay, I'm at the mercy of <laughs> this shelter right here. And they had uh, a clinic next door that had like, I had a therapist there. And um, so we went just like on my mental health. Cause I legit was having, mental breakdowns like I was like low-key almost losing it seriously oh my gosh but how much had
0: you been through gee whiz
1: yeah because at that time I have family I have I have a dad I have a mom I have a brother and a sister they decided to not be there for me they decided to I, I can't even find the words to describe what it did to me but it was very difficult for me to accept or even I was in so much denial. I'm like, they still love me. They still love me. But no, they did not get, you know, to whatever. But yeah. Um, So that was really what it, that was, was just the rejection from the world and dealing with the fact that it's just me and my son. That's it. And I have to function. Like, I have to make sure that he is okay and he is happy and he's okay. Like, he doesn't have, he doesn't deserve this. He shouldn't be going through all this. So... Yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm at the mercy of you guys. I'm going to make sure my head is right so everything else can be right. And so in that process, um, I found out about a clinic that um, helped patients with fibromyalgia. I went there and I started doing water therapy. And then I heard about this rheumatologist that was really good. Um, and I was like, you know what? I want to see him. So I made all the phone calls. I'm like, if I have to change my insurance, I'm gonna change it because I want him. And eventually, I got to see him. And um, the moment he saw me, he was like, um, Has anyone told you that you might have MS? Oh wow! And I was like, <laughs> like the moment. Like he didn't even like say, I don't even think. I think he said hi, and then it was just like next statement. It was like it was really shocking. And I'm like, MS? I'm like, oh, no. They told me I have fibromyalgia. Like, I'm still on that fibromyalgia playing, you know. Oh, wow. And he's like, no, I think you have MS. And so he sent, me, he sent me to do an MRI, and sure enough, he called me, and they're like, you have MS. And I was just like, so my thinking was, so this whole time I had MS, and I've been homeless? Oh, my God. Like, I've actually been doing good, you know, because, yeah. like, <laughs> It it had me crazy. There were times I ended up in a hospital. I had, well, I was in two car accidents. A lot of things happened. I know it sounds like a crazy soap opera, but it, a lot of things happen, and <laughs> a lot. Think about it now. I can't believe it's my life, but yeah, a lot of things happen. And so when I got that diagnosis, it it was a relief for me. It was like a pat on the back, like. You're not crazy, you're right? Not irresponsible, no. You're not lazy, no. You're not. Oh, let's go back to you're not crazy again,
0: <laughs> right? Right. Oh my gosh, how validating!
1: Yes. So my my diagnosis was a relief. It was more. For, I mean, yes, I was upset, but when I really sat down, when I weighed everything, I'm like, yo, I've been dealing with this. It's just I didn't know what it was called. Right. Now you know what it's called? Okay.
0: goodness what a journey it has
1: this big fancy name yeah but it was oh my god imagine dealing with being sick and majority of people that you deal with don't even really believe that you are sick. they're just like going with the flow you know just so they can be peace but don't really believe you so when i got my my diagnosis it was like shush (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. That, that,
0: right. See, I told strength
1: you. in being diagnosed properly. Mm. Seriously, there is.
0: That's a beautiful way to look at it. Let's say that again. There is strength in being diagnosed properly.
1: Properly, yes, <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's that's how I um, found out about. Okay, no. So and then, and I had to go see neuro, and then he's like, well. He did. I think he ordered another MRI and then he told me how many lesions I had. And he was so sad oh. that he made me feel bad. Um, I don't know whether it was in a good way or in a bad way. It was just like, how does this man that doesn't even know me care about me so much? but my family is just MIA. And he asked me, he's like, mm. where's your family? I'm like, well, they decided not to be here for me. And he got even sadder. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to feel if you're getting sad? Like, oh, right? you understand that feeling? He's like, you're getting sad. And then what am I supposed like, what am I supposed, I'm supposed to try to make you feel better? Like, it's my situation. Mm-hmm. But then again, I understand why he's feeling that way because he's a person that has, you know, he's empathic and He's just putting himself in my shoes, and which is something that we don't see. I just have to say the truth: we don't see any more doctors being empathic or trying to.
0: relate. Um, sorry. we
1: don't see doctors. Yeah,
0: no, we don't. Yeah,
1: trying to relate. Now they just tell you, "Well, uh, this is it," and they just walk away. It's yeah. like, "Yo, did you just drop that on me?" Like that's that's how the diagnosis is fibromyalgia. She's like, "You have fibromyalgia." Mm. Mistake is, I knew what fib- fib- fibromyalgia was, so when he told me that, it was like. Almost shitting me, you know, I'm like, wait, what? And then he just walks away uh, and I'm just crying. And then the nurse comes back and he's like, what's going on? I'm like, he told me how far he just walked away.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. They just don't take the time.
1: Yeah, they don't. They don't. They don't. It's just numbers and numbers are game. It's sad.
0: So sad. And so sad that that was your experience. I'm so sorry. Thanks. And so you get the diagnosis. This was what?
1: I was properly diagnosed 2019. Oh, okay. So like, yeah, so was the end of 2019? And they were like, yeah, it's MS for sure, for sure. And then um, he told me about Ocrevus and he put me on Ocrevus. And then that just started a whole nother. I think I had higher expectations for it. It did help a little bit. So, yeah, you get an infusion. And prior to the infusion, it gives you some medication. And, um... The first one went well. I was very—I uh, got—I reacted to the medication because my, i have a very sensitive system, so I wasn't too surprised about that. But then when I got home, this was the weirdest thing. I, I was laying in my bed, and then there was like this—it came from my legs. It was burning, 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 and then to my knees, burning. Like I'm almost like screaming, burn! And into my ties, like all the way up, stomach, chest, up to my head, and then after that, I just felt better.
0: Fascinating,
1: yeah, so like my walking was a little faster. I'm like, "Oh, my walk is a bit it's better." So like my walk and my balance got better, my speed still increased a little bit. But then I think after a while, my body just got used to it, because the last one that I got, it uh-uh. wasn't just the entire infusion, like it was, it was bad. I was reacting, allergic. It was bad. I, I, I don't want to do it again.
0: <laughs> so how many infusions did you end up having?
1: So far, I've had three.
0: How did you find out about HSCT?
1: I found out um, researching about MS. I had already been researching about stem cell for the fibromyalgia, which I still do have. I confirmed with um, the um, rheumatologist, and he said I have both fibromyalgia and MS. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So <laughs> Lucky um, you. <laughs> I know, right? It's like when, when I told a friend of mine, she's like, you must be in a lot of pain. I'm like, yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. So um, I was researching stem cells a lot, you know, when I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So I still continued in the same stem cell trend. And then I heard about HSCT. I think it was in an MS group. I said there were a lot of MS connecting with people with MS, trying to research more about MS, find sure. more information. I connected yeah, I connected with MS society a lot. And in doing so, I got, you know, educated and somehow I stumbled upon HST, And then um then it became okay. Where do I go? Because all these places are not in the US. And even the ones, and I also tried to get into trials actually, but they all find a reason to disqualify me after getting my hooks up. And I'm just like, you know what? I think we just, we just, the way things are going with COVID, everywhere shut down. The only place that was accepting was Mexico. So, so.
0: Mexico it became. (laughs) Well, and it's so interesting because those clinical trials running in the United States do have very strict acceptance criteria. You have to fit and check all the right boxes or else you just don't Mm. qualify. And so for you to have experienced MS for so long without a diagnosis probably puts you in that category of like something that isn't the box that they're looking for, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so the first issue was I have Primus Progressive, and they actually gave me hope. They were like, okay, um, we want to try to help you. But then when I gave them all my information, and then we're like, well, your EDS score is too high. I'm like, man, you guys always find something.
0: Always.
1: <laughs> and I had like filled out all the forms, you know, cold here, cold there, you know, like Getting everything together—it's just not straightforward. It's a, it's yeah, a lot.
0: <laughs> right, and it takes a long, so long time. Through. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm going through all of that. You got some of my EDS scores too. I'm like, come on, man. Y'all should have just left me alone. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was back to Mexico again. There was so many times I'm like, okay, let me try Russia because Russia is a bit cheaper than Mexico. Mm. But Russia was like, we can get you in May, and that's like a maybe. I'm like, no. Nah. Like I'm beyond that point right now. I need like right. a right now.
0: Sooner than um, later.
1: Situation. Yeah. So.
0: So yeah. when are you scheduled in Mexico?
1: I'm actually leaving on the 1st of February.
0: And so this is going to air after you will already be there, which is exciting.
1: Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm definitely going to listen to the podcast.
0: <laughs> so how can people stay in touch with you? Well, we can include those details in our show notes.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, I do plan to vlog my treatment, and I have a YouTube channel, so I'll be posting on my YouTube channel. Nice. If you just search for Ovi James, you'll find me. Um, nice. I'm on Instagram also. Uh, my Instagram name is at its Ovi James. <laughs> and then um, Facebook, OV James, just go um, search it, you'll find me. But, yeah, I'm gonna I'm going to try my best. I've done some vlogging, and I know vlogging is difficult when you're sick. I'm going to do my best because I want to share this with people who are in my shoes or who, you know, want to know about HSBC and all about MS. And just to let people know that if I can do it, you can do it. Because when I decided to do this treatment, I had no money. I was homeless. I had nothing. So if I can do it, you can do it. That's it. That's all I, that's just what I want to show people that. It's doable. Like, forget if they tell you whatever, whatever amount of thousands of dollars. Just there's always a way to get money. Just sit down and figure out a strategy. It's doable.
0: That's so overwhelming, right, to think, how am I going to come up with all this money?
1: It is. And and there was a time I was on that, like, energy, on that vibration. Like, how am I going to, how am I going to? And I said, I'm like, you know what? Okay, I can do this, which is like a fundraise. I can't do that. I can. There's a couple of things you can do. So I'm like, okay, I have, I have some songs in my computer that have just been sitting there for 10 years. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to sell this song. I'll, let's see how they go. Like, I just started thinking about, I thought about this story in the Bible where um, Elisha told the lady to make him her last bread. And she was like, well, no, that's my last bread. I'm trying about to eat it with my son, you know, and die. And somehow she, he made him the bread, and then he asked her to bring containers, and he asked her, before that, he was like, what do you have? So I asked myself that question. I'm like, okay, yeah, mm. homeless. I don't have really anything, but what do I have mm. that I can sell? And for some reason, those songs, they're old songs. I recorded them over 10 years ago. I put them up. I released them. And it actually it actually got me more um, opportunities, and people were benefited from the music. I still get a lot of uh, messages about my music. So
0: Beautiful.
1: Again, what do you have? You, you, you know, it might not even be anything to you, but it might be something to somebody else. Yes. So, and I know, I know this, will, this will resonate with somebody because this is really what's been keeping me going.
0: Yeah, well, we do have gifts, right? And who knows what value they are to someone else until we bring them to the world.
1: Yeah.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. Because
1: so, honestly, those songs, I was just having a good time. You know, I was just having fun. Like even when I play them now, I just laugh. I literally laugh at myself because I was just having a good time. And That's really what life is about. But you know, some people. I wrote a song about hope, and it's. Um, I find that song very healing. It healed me, and I'm like, if it he healed me, it's gonna heal somebody else. So I decided to share it.
0: Beautiful. So yeah. Beautiful. So. Thank you. Yeah, why was it important for you to participate in the podcast?
1: I want people. I know there are a lot of people that care about HSCT. First of all, if you get to the point, if you get to the point where you know about HSCT, you're against that. I, like, seriously, you are, you are advanced because you have done a lot of researching. You have kicked some doors. You're really, really trying to, you know, get better. But don't just stop there and be like, oh, it's too expensive. I can't do it. This is about your life. You only have one life. You know what I'm saying? So I was homeless, <laughs> you know, I was
0: homeless and now I'm able to go and get HSCT done. It's doable. That's, so, that's so amazing and inspirational to go from homeless to HSCT.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, and homed, right? I mean, it really yeah, is. Yeah, to, to work your way through building a home for yourself and your son is just inspirational in itself let alone while you're Thank also you. managing autoimmune diseases and significant pain and issues walking and moving. Like it's, you're an inspiration, Ovi. And I really do hope that so many other people can see that in you and hear that in you in your story. Thank you so Thank much for you. sharing it. Thanks.
1: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate this time.
0: Well, and yeah, for sure. So do you have any doubts or reservations about going to Mexico? It sounds like you're ready to go, as you pointed out, if you're even finding HSCT. Like, it's not easy to even find information about HSCT.
1: That's very correct. Um, I am going with the highest energy ever possible. Like, I feel so lucky to even be here to be able to go to Mexico in the COVID. I mean, it's just so much, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm just patting myself on the back. I did great. I did great. I'm just going to, I just need to get there. When I get there, I don't like needles. I really hate needles, but Hey, I'm going to do what I got to do to get to where I need to get to.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, yeah, they are necessary.
1: Yeah. I yeah, I, I hate needles. So, Whoever's gonna be poking me might not be my best friend, but um, I know at the end of the day, it's still for my own good. So and I'm just te- gonna keep looking at a bigger picture.
0: Yes, and temporary, right?
1: Yeah, it's so temporary compared to like MS is permanent and it's like permanently getting worse. Like for me, it's like, my goodness, it's just kids. me. It's like, come on, now I'm this too. Especially when my blood is that messed up, I was like, oh no, mm. no, 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 no. <laughs>
0: Not the bladder too, you know. <laughs> oh, it's awful. It's that that bladder urgency and spasticity like Ooh. I had Well and I would have just like phantom issues where my bladder would be freaking out and so I'd go to the bathroom and then nothing would happen. Yeah. And then I'd get back to I my do. desk at work. And like 20 minutes later, I'm and like, oh, comes I have to go again. And then I'd go down the hall and yeah. people would be staring at me and watching me. And like, what are you, you were just like, what is your yeah. deal?
1: Like the funny thing, the one I always get all the time is, didn't you just go? I can't, if I can make money, how many times I've been told, didn't you
0: just go? <laughs> it's awful that people think they're entitled to even share that opinion.
1: And it's, it's crazy wow, they don't even think, okay, maybe something might be wrong. Because right. I, since I was a little child, I had this problem. I, I always had to go. It was by my mom. like, okay, we're about to go out. Oh, we go pee because I'm not stopping to pee because of you. It was, it was that oh, bad. Right. <laughs> it was that bad. But my mom, was, my mom is a medical doctor. She never thought, okay, maybe there's medical reason. She just kept telling me my bladder is small. Like (laughs) the craziest thing. But no, my brother is not small. It's you know the signals and the nerves and everything. Yes,
0: yes, yeah. The signals are messed up.
1: Very messed up. Like I know that feeling. You feel like oh you gotta go, you gotta go, and then you go sit down, and then it's like just two drops. And like wait, what was that? Mm -hmm. Like. And I was, like, maybe in a very important conversation or, you know, something. And it just will give you this push that, okay, got to go, got to go. It's going to make an accident. And then you get there, there's nothing. I will will get the the signal. It says, got to go. I get there. I sit. I really do have to go, but I can't push it out. Mm. So I have to, like, walk with my mind. Like, do some meditation. Right, yeah. That's actually what help me. Meditation. And then sometimes I'll do... Or I'll turn on the tap, the faucet, so that, like...
0: Right. Yeah, your brain hears it. Coming mm-hmm. down. Yeah. That's a great strategy. Yeah, so those
1: are the things that I use to help me, because I'm like, I, medication just makes it worse. I don't know. That's I'm just... Nah. My body's very sensitive. Whatever side effects exist, that's going to be my direct right. effect. So I
0: just... <laughs> Oh, my gosh. It's, I just don't like messing with, yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, well, and when you listen to those commercials on TV and it's like a laundry list, like the whole commercial is just side yeah. effects. It's like, why would anybody want to take that?
1: Want that. But, you know, they have, they of course, they've studied and done the whole psychology of the things they're going to tell you, the colors they're going to put up there to make you feel like, yeah, you should be taking that. Now, oh, I'm not taking it. So fast. Yeah, right now I'm like I'm medicine free. I'm I'm not taking anything. I'm are you,
0: like done. <laughs> sure. So are you supporting yourself with any kind of special diet?
1: Well my diet is right now is special too because there's certain things that if I eat they literally hurt my body instantly. Sure. So um like sugar.
0: Oh my gosh, that's evil.
1: Yeah, sugar is like poison to my body. It just hates it. Um, So I substitute with honey, but even with the honey, I just don't do too much. Sure. And then um, I eat a lot of fish. My body likes fish. Fish digests very well. So I do a lot of fish. Um, Once in a while, I might do chicken, but mostly fish. Like, that's my protein.
0: Fish, sure, and I
1: do fruits and vegetables, but like, yeah, mostly like I eat fish a lot.
0: <laughs> it sounds like whole, when wholesome it does. foods. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So like, I don't really do what do they call it? Oh, keto, right? Because some things on the keto doesn't really work with me. Mm-hmm. It's just like my diet is just my diet. It doesn't have a name. Right. It's right. just what works for me. Like I don't eat dairy. I gluten has to be like. Seriously, we If I eat gluten like normal people do, my intestines will just clog up. Sure. So it's like cement, like serious, is bad. So most of the time, I just have to eat things that are very easy to digest, you know? Yeah, like, and I, I love shrimp. So seafood, I like seafood. They're easy. They go down easy. They digest easy. Um, rice, too. I still eat rice. Um, but yeah, and, and then vegetables. Yeah.
0: Well, and what's great about being in Mexico is they'll work with you and your special diet.
1: Yeah, I heard. Because uh, you know what? I been mean, doing. i been watching, like, people's videos that um, I'm actually, I was actually doing that before you called me. Um, <laughs> sure. Watching this lady, her name is uh, Deepa. She had HSCT done two years ago in um, Puebla. And so I was just like, I just want to get, her. you know how, like, like when I was pregnant, I watched a lot of pregnant videos to see how my delivery will be, just to right. what to expect. So I'm kind of doing the same thing. Like, okay, I want to know what to expect. So I'm watching the videos. I'm so glad she did that, which is why I want to do mine. So so I will be so glad I did mine, you know, like just giving it back. Yeah, I'm, I'm here just prepping my mind um, for what's going to happen soon.
0: Very soon. Gee whiz, you're leaving in two days.
1: Yes. And, yeah, so my son is going to be staying with um, a friend. So he will be flying that same day, too. So the both of us, I got, like, uh, face shields and masks. And, you know, we're ready. We're ready to hit. I'm so ready. Like, you have right you here.
0: Have no That's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, my suitcase is it's been packed for, like, five days now. Like, I'm so ready. If they say, you know what, your plane is going to leave now, I'm ready to go
0: right. now. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. So how are, I mean, are you sleeping at all at night or are you still just so eager to oh, get
1: there? I, I'm sleeping. I'm making sure I sleep. Um, so pretty much I just make sure I go to bed before midnight.
0: Good. Yeah. Um, well, it's so important.
1: Uh, yeah. Good. And I, I think part of what con- what contributes to that is my bed. I didn't know that I had a bad bed until I got a good bed. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, oh my God, that was some good sleep. I'm like, wait a minute, it's the bed. <laughs> so, yeah, invest in a good bed.
0: <laughs> That's wise advice. And so, you mentioned that family has kind of stepped out of the picture, but Mexico requires a carer to be with you. So, are you hiring someone there to be with you?
1: Yes, I'm hiring someone there. And these people are so great. She's already emailed me to ask me if I need anything. And, um, I was like, no, I'm okay, you know, I'll see you when I see
0: you. <laughs> yeah, I haven't yeah, really talked yeah. to anyone who has hired a carer in Mexico, and so it'll be very interesting for folks who do find that that's an option for them or that they need to take to definitely follow yeah. up and, and follow your story on YouTube.
1: Yes, and I think it's so beautiful that you have that option because a lot of people just don't have that one person that will come to right. help, like, I'm a very, um, I, I don't mean to be funny, but I'm very independent. It's just my nature. That's just how I am. That sounds like um, it. I yeah. like to be independent. <laughs> you know, I like to live by myself. I like, to be, I like to make my decisions and then own my decisions and take accountability for myself. So if you go sideways, it's my fault, not someone, you know, talk me into it or whatever. So that's just how I am. <laughs> so I like that they have, you know, the option where, you can hire someone as supposed to be like, oh, you know what? That means I can go to Mexico because I don't have someone to take with me. So it's good that they have that option. And I've heard really, really good things about their care. I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm just, I'm so excited. They're going so to take excited. tremendous <laughs> care of
0: you, yeah. And so, as you were doing your research to get to Mexico, is there anything that you might recommend to others to check out or look into?
1: Um. For Mexico, the best thing for me, I like to talk to people who have already been there. Sure. Like just really connect with people who have been there, who've been through, who have gone through the treatment. And there's so many ways you can do that. You can find people on YouTube, Facebook. There are groups on Facebook, HSCC groups. So talk to people. I talk to a lot of people. I talked to people who went to Russia. Talk to people who had theirs done in London. I talked to so many people because I just didn't want to put myself in a box. I know about Mexico and, you know, Mexico was an option, but I still explored other options because you just never really know.
0: Oh my gosh. Of course. You want to keep your options open. And it's great that you were talking with people and connecting with people. I don't know if you ever scheduled a talk to a warrior call, but the HSCT Warriors nonprofit offers a free service called Talk to a Warrior. I where did, you can-
1: yes. I remember making a phone call and scheduling it, and she, um, I can't remember the person I spoke to, the um, MSN, but she gave me so much hope and encouragement to go for it. Um, I really do believe um, HSC Warriors is a huge anchor when it comes to, um, you know, creating the awareness and helping people know that they can do it you know they can do HSCT for their ms and it it, it was for me like i mean, i still remember the phone call i remember i scheduled it and it, you know it was yeah and that's actually why i'm here because we just kept you know staying in
0: touch oh <laughs> nice that's a good thing right because trying to just build yeah. that community of support to promote awareness and you're part of that yeah. now thank you so much for sharing your yes. story with us
1: because let me tell you, to be honest, there was a part, there was time kind of, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know, Mexico. You know, like you hear things about Mexico, people doing medical procedures in Mexico. Oh yeah. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, it's Mexico, but like when I now, but I especially when I talked, had that conversation, then I had that confidence that okay, yes, I'm going to the right place. They have the right experience. They've been doing this for years. I'm going to be okay. Nobody's going to kidnap me. Nobody's going to hurt me. You know, like. And we need those validations, especially when we're going to another country to get treatment.
0: Especially. Absolutely. It's just helpful to talk with people that have been there. And yeah. it's helpful to hear stories from people who have been on this journey. So like, I can't thank you enough for being here.
1: Thank you. And then most people say, this one thing that I always hear and say, um, I wish I did it sooner or I don't have any regrets. Right. And if people are saying that, then I need to be on that train, you know? (laughs) Right,
0: right. Yeah, almost every single person. Well, no, I take that back. Every single person I have interviewed for the podcast has said no regrets. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's a huge statement. I think so.
0: It is. I don't know the total number of people transplanted, but I know Mexico has treated over 1,000 MS patients so far.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've been following them. um a little bit
0: obsessed with them. <laughs> sure, sure. It's
1: like, you know, when people are just doing the right thing, they they draw this kind of energy. And I, I just really hope, I I know they're already groundbreaking. I know this is just the beginning for them. But, like, I mean, I mean, it's so, I'm like, I today, I was like, maybe I should move to Mexico. <laughs> I'm just right. of America. I'm like, I know. haven't even been there yet. Imagine, imagine what happens when I go there. I might to not come back.
0: <laughs> Possibilities are endless. <laughs> and so what about, a, yeah. what about a superpower that you've gained in your journey with your diagnosis oh, and on the way to HSCT?
1: Lots of superpowers. Um, gosh. I mean, I know I was strong, but now I know I'm strong, strong. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, this is a different level of strong, man. This is like, strong with bravery, with grit, with courage, with you know, it's like I'm at this point where I don't care if you don't like me, you know, I, I it doesn't bother me. I'm my body is fighting me every day. I don't have the energy to care if you like me. Right. You know, right. so I'm just on here, I'm in a different place. It just puts you in a very, very and it puts me in the place where I'm constantly grateful. I'm constantly um appraising what I have, or accessing what I have. I'm like, oh, I'm so gotta have this. I'm so gotta have that. And it just puts me in the right, um, in the right place. So honestly, um, it's made me a better person. It's made me a better warrior. Mm. Man, it's made me show people, this is how to not give up, you know, because you can say, don't give up, don't give up. It's so easy to say, but right. how do you not give up? <laughs> it's another, it's another way. So yeah, I, I appreciate my
0: my journey. I really do. beautiful. It's such a healthy mindset and a healthy approach. Thank you. You know, what you resist persists. And so if you can embrace with open arms and gratitude, it just, like, it becomes easier.
1: Yeah. That's true. That is so true. How long ago did you have your
0: HSTC done? In 2017, October of 2017. So... Almost three and a half years post-transplant. Nice. It is nice. How do you
1: feel now compared Um,
0: to? Amazing. Um, It's amazing. Even on the really, really tough days where I maybe not am doing the greatest, if I can just check myself Mm -hmm. and recognize, like, okay, so you haven't been eating right or you haven't been exercising enough, you haven't been drinking enough water, like, you know what you should be doing to promote recovery and promote wellness. Mm-hmm. And even at three and a half years, like we just got a treadmill a week ago, not even last weekend. I think we set it up and I've been on it every day and every day I increase my time just by a minute or two, but it's amazing how much better okay. my walking is already in just a week. And my walking is not great. Wow, It's really not great. When I met Dr. Burt for evaluation <laughs> He, I mean, I was ambulating my leg, I should have been walking with a cane, and I just resisted because of vanity. And now I use trekking poles to support proper movement that I know I should have been using all along. But when I first met him, I
1: understand that. Um, I understand it's, it's very, very difficult to accept that you need a, a, a an assistive an device. Oh God, yes, it's
0: so hard. yes, yes. And it was really hard, even post transplant, to think. Well, I never needed one before, but in order to change oh. the in order to change the old habits and the old patterning that my body was used to. So, like HSCT resets your immune system. But everything else in your body still remembers, right? So in my mind, the fascia, the muscles, all the tissues in your body, everything still carries the messaging that your autoimmune disease ingrained in those muscles and tissues for years. And so there's a lot of work to be done in recovery to help process and help the rest of your body change its messaging, right? Like your autoimmune disease or your immune system changes the message, the new stem cells that and new lymphocytes and new platelets and new hemoglobin, like all that new immune system is phenomenal, so that's reset, but the rest of your body still remembers everything that used to be wow. so there's a lot of work in recovery, and it's so it's, a, it's a huge mental game, too, right? Because it's so easy to get depressed and down on yourself. In my mind, it's not worse. It's just different. And so I'm walking better than I was. I'm stronger than I was. When I first saw Dr. Burt, he asked me, like, can you stand on your toes? And I just laughed at him. Like, there's no. There wasn't a chance. (laughs) It wasn't even possible because I was so, like, my balance was so horrible. I had a constant, like, wavering in my mind that I just, I never felt still and my ankles just weren't strong enough. And now I can't. Like now I can raise up on my ankles. And so I do I practice when I'm brushing my teeth or just when I randomly think about it and I just smile and I think, I couldn't do this. That's good. Five years ago there was no so I first saw him in twenty sixteen. So it's been four and a half years since I first saw him, but it takes time to heal your body Mm -hmm. and help it change that messaging. Now that's just me, <laughs> and that's anecdotal, but it, that's the story I tell myself for why it's been three and a half years and I'm still improving. It's still challenging, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're getting better.
0: And that's not even, like, a guarantee of HSCT, right? The whole point is just stop progression. Right. To Just stop progression. Yeah. And so any improvement and any healing is a bonus. And I think if if you work Mm -hmm. at it, right, then, yeah, it's such a transformational experience. And it sounds like you've really developed a beautiful mindset to approach HSCT in a really healthy way. Thank
1: you.
0: So what are you grateful for? Thank you. Yeah, what are you grateful for about your experience that has gone unspoken?
1: Mm, My experience made me realize who I really am. I don't think I would have found myself it's just I'm a very complex person and sometimes it's difficult for me to understand myself, but like with MS, oh my gosh, MS is so difficult that you'll get you'll get it. You'll definitely get it. And um I understand myself, I understand how my body works, you know, I know what works for me. And it's it's really boosted my confidence. And, you know, there's nothing like having like great confidence. It takes you a long way.
0: That's beautiful. And the example you're offering your son is just it's a superpower indeed.
1: Yeah. I I mean he's been through so much so my, my plan is just to make sure I am put into him so much goodness.
0: <laughs> and I
1: try, you know, I do my best.
0: Well, and what you put into the world, right? You tend to get back. Yeah. That's good work.
1: Sure thank
0: you oh thank you so much for sharing your story with us and inspiring us to maintain that positive outlook and hope for the future
1: thank you thanks for having me here I really had fun going down memory lane and having this conversation with you
0: all the best in health and wellness and safe travels getting there thank you thank you Ovi good luck to you yes take care all right thank you be sure to visit our website where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas with feedback, and connect with resources and the HSCT Warriors Incorporated nonprofit. As always, special thanks to musical genius Billy Alletsauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. It has been so great to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment to connect with us online, on Instagram, or share this episode with someone you know that would enjoy listening. In the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well. Jen Stansberry-Koenig and the producers disclaim medical influence and responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. If you think you have a medical problem, please contact a licensed physician.